For the final time of 2023, welcome to the Fellowship Podcast. My name is Adam Hawk. Sitting directly in front of me, he's Ryan Engel. And let me say on behalf of us both, we are damn glad you're here listening to this show and spending your oh-so-valuable time in our little corner of this overcrowded, shoulder-to-shoulder content world. This is our last podcast of the year, but not the last time you'll be hearing from us in 2023. Wait, you don't think we're going to have a podcast after Christmas? No, I do not. Okay. I will be in San Luis Obispo with no Wi-Fi, taking one of the biggest, most well-deserved exhales of my life. Are you going with your family? I am, yes. Oh, great. Going with my family. Good for you. On Friday, we will be live on YouTube for our annual Christmas show, Merry Swankmas, with great guests and prizes to give away. And quite frankly, a lot of people are talking. A lot of people are saying... It's going to be our greatest show ever, so make sure to check that out this Friday, December the 22nd over at youtube.com slash at Nation Golf. If you can watch it live, we recommend it because you can jump in the chat, mix it up with other viewers, and play the free trivia game for great giveaways. But if you can't watch it live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, have no fear. On Demand is here. Mm. Because right after we wrap the show, it'll be available for replay whenever it fits your schedule. And on top of that, we will post the audio to the very same podcast feed you're listening to right now. So this is the last time we're going to do the audio version of the podcast for the year, but we'll have one more show for you on YouTube and repost it here later this week. And with that, we say, Merry Swankmas. Pards, how's the season treating you? Great. I love December. You know, December's my favorite month. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Just all the money coming in, not a care in the world. Everybody's happy. All the money coming in? Oh, yeah. Money's just coming in. It's coming in from all angles, Adam. Is that right? Oh, yeah. You want some money? I'll give you some money. I'd love some money. I I got tons of money. Doesn't everybody right now? I love Christmas. December fucking sucks, dude. Golly. I have a love-hate relationship with this month because of how busy and stressful it is, all the obligations and invites and the mandatory participation and consumerism. I really cannot stand the forced rat race of it all, but give me the music. Give me the lights. Give me the wall unit gas heater cranking in the morning and night. Give me the movies. I love that part. Yeah, there's a charm and a twinkle in the star. There's an aspect of that for sure, but- the other side of the coin, it's ugly, folks. Yeah. It's real ugly. That is the truth. Yep. And the bills are up. The money's going out. Your sphincter's extra puckered up. There's not, not enough peppermint schnapps in the world that can keep your holiday spirit going when you know you're just paying for it all. Just paying. One thing as a man, a family man, a businessman, and a dude who works his ass off for no money... <laughs> One thing you can look forward to when you're spending it all in December is quarter one's always really good. So we'll recoup those losses in January. <laughs> January's like December's evil little brother, dude. Folks, Ryan Engel right now is partaking in the lowest form of wit, which is called sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> January is historically the worst month ever for e-commerce because everyone blows their wad in November and December. 
January also is a incredibly cold month for 90% of the country who aren't playing golf or thinking about golf, and they are trying to perform CPR on their bank account. Mm. So after all of the money goes out in November and December on all of these gifts and materialism, we recoup none of it as a small business until springtime when the Masters comes around and people start to thaw out and think about golf again. Hello, friends. One thing I do love about December, church hits different in December. Very much so. You got to love church in December. There's something about a choir in 2023 singing century-old Christmas hymns that just warms your soul to a million degrees. Just can't beat it. Yeah, and the and the message always hits home. That is a really good point. I wholeheartedly agree with that. But I've been told that we agree too much on this show, and it's somewhat of an echo chamber. So I have a feeling that our main topic for today will spark some disagreement. But before we get to that, On a personal note, I want to apologize to the audience for having to endure my nasally voice, and I'm trying extra hard. You sound like me now. I am trying extra hard to be high energy. I had what I would describe, without exaggeration, the worst 48 hours of my adult life over the weekend. I'm not going to get too graphic here, folks, but as the father of two young kids who attend public school, essentially... They are walking, talking Petri dishes for bacteria, disease, and viruses. So you were acting out a little hairy from Dumb and Dumber after a Visine cocktail? Absolutely, I was. And that is thanks in large part to my four-year-old son, Johnny. We love him. He went to school, came back, brought home a stomach virus. Believe he set a world record throwing (laughs) up 26 times over the span of eight hours. Poor little guy. They don't understand. They think they're dying. They think they're dying. As a parent, you want nothing more than to- Were you going dry heave, vile, the yellow shit was coming up? Yeah, he was dry heaving, a lot of bile. I know you said vile, but you meant bile. And it was a horrible scene to see. And I had to make a 6 a.m. run to Ralph's right when it opened, and I picked up some red Pedialyte, brought it home, gave it to him. He was very excited to taste something that wasn't throw up. Took the Pedialyte down and about five seconds later began to projectile vomit what looked like vats of blood. Wow. Because it was just the Pedialyte coming out. Needless to say, he doesn't want to see Pedialyte ever again in his life because you get traumatized when you throw up like that. Medically, the right thing to do is just get an IV, right? Because you can't throw an IV up. Yeah, because it's all intravenous. It right. doesn't go so in I, your stomach. So yeah, you can't really do anything at home when you when you have that. Because anything that goes in is coming right back out. And it was. And my poor wife had to endure all of this. I did my best to help, but I am a dad, so I am pre-wired with DNA that automatically allows me to fall in and out of sleep during the worst case scenarios. If you're a dad, you know that when a baby is crying, you can sleep through it. When a baby is dying, you can sleep through it. You don't want to, but you do. There's just no two ways about it, folks. Dad, In your DNA, huh? Every dad can oh, okay. sleep through anything, okay. whether he wants to or not. However, one might say I got a ticket from the karma police because while I wasn't the most help during Johnny's battle with the stomach virus, I contracted the stomach virus from him. Hmm. And later that evening, I wrapped my head around a toilet and started throwing up uncontrollably. Are you allowed, puker? Oh, violent. Yeah, you make noises. So loud. Yeah. My wife says it's the worst noise in the world. I could have guessed that. Well, who's a quiet puker? 
I tend to not scream and make noise. I just get it out. Okay. Can you reenact it, how it might sound? You just don't add any vocals, you know? So it just sounds like massive amounts of fluid hitting the bottom of a john. Sure. That's pretty much all it sounds like. And maybe a couple coughs at the end, but there's no like, ah! My brother-in-law used to, when he'd throw up, it sounded like fucking He-Man was getting his balls chopped off. Just like, ah! You're just like... Well, how are you making those noises? Like, you're adding that. It is such an uncomfortable, unwanted situation, and nothing about it is controllable. And I'm not trying to add any noises to it, but I'm not going to lie. It does sound like I'm exercising a demon. Mm. And it's bad, and it's not fun. Luckily for me, the vomiting gave way to real, real bad case of diarrhea. Wow. Which... If you're going to take one or the other, what would you rather have? I mean, normally the throw up thing, like you get it out of your system and then it's kind of like makes you go to sleep. Diarrhea is like, you're just, you're just <laughs> you know, you're rubbing your gas cap raw, dude. You know, like you're just, you're so bummed on that. It's, it's not the, it's not the pissing out your butt that's the problem. It's the cleanup duty. It's just... There's, there's not enough wet wipes in the world that can just make it feel better. You're fucked. It's like when you get that, that runny nose and you've blown your nose so many times that you're just chafed out. And it's like, yeah, you could put all the lubriderm in the world all over your face, but it's not going to change the fact that your nostrils look like a flaky horse's dick. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All of what you said is so accurate. I know. And, it sucks. So I, I, would, I would take throwing up. Okay. I, I did preface this whole segment by saying we wouldn't get too graphic, but we failed to make good on that promise. Yeah, flaky horses, dick. Yeah, that might be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> My vomiting turned into a wicked 24-hour case of diarrhea, mm. and that was horrible. But here's what makes the whole situation just absolutely unbearable and why I say it was the worst 24 hours of my life. Johnny has the bug and he's vomiting. I have the bug, and I'm and then my daughter gets the bug, and she starts vomiting. And here's a real horrible math equation for all of you at home to absorb. Here's my living situation. 1,000 square feet, three people with a stomach virus, one bathroom. And a TV in front of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the Christmas tree go? Fuck me. <laughs> so I'm very happy that my wife somehow ducked this bug, knock on wood, but there is nothing more unpleasant than watching one face after one ass after one face uh, go into the same toilet bowl oh for 36 God. hours. Yeah. It was a nightmare, a bona fide nightmare. And if we're being honest, we're all still kind of recovering from it. I'm wearing a mask to work today. We've got hand sanitizer everywhere. The entire goal is to make it to the finish line. The finish line for all of us right now is Christmas. Well, your finish line was extended a little bit. You want to tell the listeners at home, Adam? Okay. Adam's finish line isn't Christmas. He was given a buffer zone that, well, we can do gifts after if you haven't got mine yet already. You haven't even done any Christmas shopping, Adam. My wife extended my gift buying deadline because she's a sweetheart and she knows that no man in the entire world is working harder for less than her husband. And 
as all of the obligations and responsibilities have piled up between Nation Golf going on a sale, planning a Christmas show, having to do a podcast, working at the SCGA, putting end-of-the-year goals to bed while also producing a magazine that has the same deadline as our Christmas show, there just hasn't been any time for me to get out and do shopping. Throw in the stomach virus, and my wife said to me last night on the couch, you can have until January 1st to get me Christmas presents this year. You got to love a guy who can bite off a little more than he can chew and then use it as an excuse. That's me. (laughs) That's me, folks. And if my wife is listening, she's going to be like, wow, you found an hour to podcast, but you couldn't find an hour to go Christmas shopping. Mm. I think you did the same thing last year. You showed up here with a sack of Jawea from Walmart, and I had to help you wrap stuff, and you didn't know what was going on. It was like the day before Christmas. You didn't help me wrap. You did all of it. Well, yeah. There was no assistance. For I everyone don't... listening at home, whenever anybody helps Adam Hawk, that just means they're doing it all. They're doing it all. <laughs> and normally, that applies to things that involve using your hands. If I have to use my brain, if I have to type, If I have to email, if I have to correspond, if I have to be creative, I'm so damn good at that that I literally can't trust anyone else to do it. I have control problems with it. Well, the one thing, you're from Seattle and you can't make a fucking pot of coffee. Can't make a pot of coffee. Unbelievable. I do want to say, though, and I don't say it enough, shout out to my wife, Mina. I love her. And it's not just because she gave me an extension on Christmas gifts. She did 15 loads of laundry this weekend. Shout out to my buddy, uh, Juan Darkness. What a legend. Miss that guy. Good friends of Jimmy Trop. We were playing in a charity scramble years ago. He was telling me like, you know, growing up, he's like, oh, I just love the smell of downy and cigarettes because grandma would do the laundry just like my grandma used to. You'd be smoking a cigarette while you're folding t-shirts. And it was like this combination of cigarettes and t-shirts. And he's like, I just love that smell. That is a great smell. Absolutely. I wish my wife would smoke cigarettes while she folded my clothes. We were on a a boys trip in Europe years ago. It was through the middle of winter and we went to all these different countries. We had Eurorail passes, yada, yada. We were on the road backpacking for a couple weeks. We needed laundry done bad. And in Europe, you smoke inside everywhere. You go to a nightclub, you walk out of there, you smell like the Marlboro Man. So we finally get this bed and breakfast in Croatia and the lady's like, oh, I'll do your laundry for you. And we're like, oh, so stoked. So we all go out for the day. We come back. All the laundry's just folded like a fucking hotel on our bed. Just t-shirt stack, undies. You're so stoked. And then you get up to it. <laughs> this lady just probably smoked four packs of cigarettes while she did our laundry. <laughs> so they were clean. But they smelled the same. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep. <laughs> we were like, well, I guess that's just how they do it over here. Very nice. Yes. Well, but I really appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to my wife for doing all the laundry and having to go to a laundromat, pull out cash, make change, and get the bedspreads done because our kids threw up all over the place. What are you going to do? What can you do? <laughs> Luckily, that hopefully is behind us, and hopefully I'm not putting you or your family at risk just by being here today. If Very- you get me sick... I'm going to save all of what comes out of me in a bag, and I'm going to tie it in a knot at the end of it, and I'm going to fucking drop it off at your house, dude. All right. Speaking of the weekend, and boy, does this feel out of date. But again, folks, I was under the weather, so we couldn't get to it. And we're going to get to it now because we promised some disagreement, so let's disagree. Tiger Woods back on your television and telephone screens because he and his 14-year-old son, Charlie, teed it up at the PNC Championship in Florida on Saturday and Sunday. If you're looking to try and figure something out 
from the PNC about how Tiger Woods might look at Augusta. You're an idiot and a desperate one at that because nothing at a glorified family hit and giggle is going to tell you anything about anyone or how their game might be taking shape for competitive golf. So let's get that notion out of the way. The next thing I want to talk about is if you're complaining that the winning team and the contenders didn't get enough TV coverage, first off, I believe you're exposing yourself for not watching the television coverage because they showed every single one of the Kucher shots on Saturday and every single one of the Langer shots on Sunday. So as far as the TV coverage went, they spread it out. And you can't say that they didn't. You can't say that they didn't because they did. And I know and I know because I watched and I watched because everyone was homesick this weekend and there was nothing else on. Yeah, but you watched with a filter. Oh, my tiger filter. Yeah, it's called the Tiger Trance. Okay, here we go. Anyway, as for the social media coverage, was it all Tiger and Charlie all the time? Yes, of course it was. So if you have a beef with the social media coverage, you're entitled to that. But I'm going to argue that it was all Tiger and all Charlie because it has to be. These social media accounts aren't in the business of driving engagement down. They exist solely to get reaction and clicks and comments and likes and shares. And let me ask all of you out there a really, really difficult question. Put your thinking hats on. What do you think gets more reaction? Tiger Woods and his son or Matt Kuchar and his? Tiger and Charlie Woods or Bernhard and Jason Langer? Don't hurt yourself thinking about this. If you ran the accounts for the PGA Tour and the PNC and Golf Digest and Golf.com and Golf on CBS, how are you programming those social media feeds last weekend? Because I can tell you this, you're getting fired before the second round if you're not loading up on Tiger and Charlie, plain and simple. Great take. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) Really? So far? Just with that last bit of social media garbage. As my partner Ryan Engel loves to say, what are we talking about what here? What are we talking about? It's the freaking PNC in the middle of the offseason. It's not anything of remote consequence. It's a charity scramble where birdies feel like pars, and these teams would shoot 60 under if it was four rounds instead of two. The fact that Tiger Woods is there and we get to see him and his son play golf together is an early Christmas present to the world. It's neat. <laughs> it's fun. It's different. It's rare. No one is tuning in to watch Steve Stricker and his daughter get around the track. So I don't know why so many people have a problem with all the Tiger and Charlie coverage at this event when this event would draw exactly zero eyeballs without them. Hot take here, Adam. You want to talk about engagement. Instead of, you know, his daughter Sam carrying the bag, I know him and his chick broke up recently. What if Rachel Ucatel was carrying the bag for him? (laughs) Or if he had just a fleet of Hooters waitresses walking around. Isn't it funny how John Daly's sponsored by Hooters and goes there, but Tiger's the one that really takes the girls home. (laughs) Are you done? Did you just suggest that Tiger replace his daughter as caddy with the woman that sunk his entire marriage? (laughs) Oh, she sunk his marriage? Well, he did, but she was... She sunk his marriage. No, they, they did it together. Yeah. You see how you see how you see things? See that filter? If I wasn't here to call you out, you would have rode off with that right there. It's the tiger trance, folks, and Hawk has been taking the medicine. Listen, I don't know why so many people have a problem with all the tiger and Charlie coverage at the event when this event 
would have no one watching it if they weren't there. It's not that people have a problem with it. It's that it's just excessive at this point. Yes, he, quote, Adam Hawk, he is the needle. Yeah, we get that. But dude, those guys are middle of the pack at a fucking hit and giggle, just like you called it. And they get more coverage than the leaders. You know who loves that Tiger and Charlie are there and don't mind the blanket coverage? Everyone else in the field. Because they get to share the course with superstars, they know people are watching, and the event goes from a spring training baseball game to the World Series in terms of viewership. I guarantee you that's not true. Speaking of Steve Stricker and his daughter, who I mentioned earlier, do you think they were upset that they played with Tiger and Charlie in the final round on Sunday? No, you know why? Because Steve Stricker's one of Tiger's best friends, and he's been over there for dinner, and they know each other. They know the daughter. So they were stoked. If you're playing in some whatever tournament, and you get teamed up with your friends, it's like when we're playing the powwow to member guests. Do we want to play strangers every match, or like every now and then you get Barry and one of the good guys? You get pretty stoked, don't you? Your filter is so thick, you got to take your bifocals off every now and then and see it for what it really is. Yeah, he's the needle. Yeah, it's cool. But you're trying to tell me that everybody... Loves the fact that he's driving all that stuff. Come on, dude. There's guys out there who didn't even get on TV. Did you see one shot of Sean and Mark O'Mara? Unfortunately, yes. It's just, I get why. I'm not complaining about why. It's just, it's so much. I don't disagree that it's a lot. I just don't have a problem with it, given what the event was, and given that I believe no one watched or even knew about this event before Tiger and Charlie showed up in 2020. I feel bad for the kid. For Chuck? Yeah, I, I, I think this is too much, too soon, and it's adding unneeded pressure, and golf is not subjective. Even though the media and the industry tries to make it that way, golf is 100% objective. The course doesn't give a fuck who you are, what you look like, where you came from. There's no gatekeeping in golf. Let's be clear here. It's fewest amount of strokes to get the ball in the hole. And this kid has a long road ahead of him to not fill his father's shoes to even play pro golf. And he's going to have the biggest microscope lens on him every time he farts in the wind. We're all getting real excited. And I, I just think it's, it's just too much. Personally speaking, if I'm Tiger Woods and I'm watching my son fall in love with the game, I'm not entering the PNC. I'm keeping him out of the public's eye. I'm keeping him in the shadows, getting prepped to play college golf, to give him the best chance. Media coverage and stuff, that only benefits Tiger. A lot of this is, hey, let me show how good a dad I am, and this is fun, and this only benefits him. It doesn't benefit Charlie and Sam. Is it a fun experience for them that week, and they get to be excited giving interviews and shit? I guess, but you can't really say that that benefits them. And so... To me, I don't know this, but just making assumptions because we're talking about the topic, to me, given Tiger's history and the way he's tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes in the media and, and project this character that he's not, you wonder, like, is this just another subliminal selfish play? Did he mean to be selfish or is it just happened because that's the way he operates? I, I don't know. But doesn't help anyone but him or the sponsors or the people that put him up probably in the presidential suite at the Ritz that weekend that he probably didn't pay for. And he's the richest guy there. I mean, we all know how this works on the back end, but no one talks about that shit. We're just like, look, look at his son's swing and they're laughing and he chipped in. And, and it's just like, 
It's all smoke and mirrors, dude. This blatant, low-hanging fruit media coverage, it's all golf has. Does it help the traction of the tournament? Of course. But come on. You think those guys are in the dinner afterwards at the clubhouse and they're all just ecstatic that Tiger has this huge spotlight on him all weekend? No fucking way they all agree on that. Okay. No way they do. All right, fine. I'm making an assumption, but here's why I am assuming that they don't care that Tiger has that spotlight. Because his spotlight brings at least some attention to them. I agree. And some attention is better than no attention. And I want to say that the Langers, Bernhard and his son Jason, probably appreciated it more than anyone. Did you know that the Langers won the PNC for the fifth time this weekend? Him winning for the fifth time in 2023 was just now becoming something known to the public because before that, he had never won since Tiger and Charlie started playing. Him and his son won in 05, 06, 2014, and 2019. Tiger and Charlie started playing in 2020, and that's when everyone started paying attention to the PNC. I like pro golf more than I should. I'm a little nerdy for the PGA Tour. I had no idea the PNC existed. Now Bernhard and Jason win with people actually watching because of Tiger and Charlie. Now they get to do the social media interviews that people are watching where they say, hey, this is our fifth time winning. And you're like, oh, holy shit, he won five times. I bet you the Langers are pretty stoked that Tiger and Charlie are there because one, they get to say, they beat those guys. And two, everyone knows that they won now, and they never knew about the previous four victories. In the twilight of Arnold Palmer's career, he was still playing on the PGA Tour. No chance of winning. And you would go to those events. I've been to a couple late in his career. And he'd have the biggest galleries. But he wasn't stealing all the coverage. Even that year, when they're playing the Bob Hope at PGA West Palmer Private, tournament that he's won five times, a course that he fucking designed, and he was 71 years old and he shot his age or something like that, they showed a recap of that after the tournament. He didn't steal the coverage the whole time. This whole tiger just appetite thing, this is new to golf. And everybody's getting carried away with their just gluttonous coverage of it. To me, it's just a little too much. That's fine. I think that that's more the coverage's fault and social media's fault than percent Tiger's fault. No, I'm not blaming Tiger. Yeah. From a viewership, it's too obvious, man. Yeah. It's like watching a show that you can see the punchline or the drama. You can see it happening before it happens. Mm-hmm. It's just like playing poker with everyone's card showing. It's just, it's too easy. It's too much. I think it caters to this whole generation of golfers. And I'm, I'm just sick of it. I'm a golf guy. I'm a purist. I, I, I would call myself that in a lot of sense. I hate how they're trying to make golf subjective because it should be objective. Fair enough. I want to make three final points very quickly about the PNC. I refuse to comment on the golf game or demeanor of a 14-year-old kid that 14-year-old kid being Charlie Woods. And I find it really weird and gross that so many grown men have opinions on how Charlie Woods plays or how he acts. He's a kid. He's 14. Could you imagine being 14 and having to show your personality to the world like that? It'd be insane. It'd be impossible. I would have been canceled immediately. Yes. You should be canceled right now. (laughs) 
He's the son of the most famous athlete on the planet, and that athlete has had an extremely scandalous past that is well-documented and well-known, and that athlete is still carrying an entire industry 30 years after breaking into the game. So this kid who's had anything but a normal childhood is under the microscope as a bunch of grown men measure him against his father and expect greatness from a teenager and want him to act a certain way. And to me, that's not right. I don't even want to entertain that conversation, and I don't think anyone else should. So I'm not going to play into it. Not now, not until he's a grown man. Having an opinion on Charlie Woods other than wishing him the best is a strange, strange position to take. And the second point I want to make is forget the golf. I'm just really happy to see Tiger out there with both of his kids having a good time and smiling, whether you think it's real or not. Because when we all saw that SUV down at the bottom of a ravine smash into a million pieces, there was more than a moment there where those two kids could have and almost did lose their dad back in January of 2021. So forget that he's Tiger Woods, forget the golf, forget what he means or doesn't mean to you. He's someone's dad. And to cheat death two years ago and still be in his kid's life today, making memories as their father, that is a miracle. And I'm here to celebrate that, not their score to par or how they did against the Langers. Now, final point of the three is... Tiger Woods needs to shave his head. It's over. I used to work on a radio show with a former NFL player named Imani Toomer, great guy, and he's bald, and he calls his hairstyle, or lack thereof, you can't quit, you're fired. When your hair starts to quit on you, you fire it. You don't let your hair hand in its two weeks notice and leave on its own terms. You cut the bleeding, you rip the bandaid off, and you just fire it. In other words, if you're going bald, and badly bald like Tiger clearly is and has been for the last 10 years, fire that lettuce. Get rid of it. Tiger's head looks like pube shavings on a tile floor. (laughs) Get the vacuum out, bud. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, suck that shit up. Okay. Anyway, that concludes the coverage of the (laughs) PNC. A couple days late, but you'll have to bear with us as I had to work through some illnesses, and I'm starting to feel sick again after that analogy Ryan just made. It is the end of the 2023 year, and we here at Nation Golf, while we got our teeth kicked in financially, we did have quite a few highlights, and I want to run them down in chronological order. And you can help me here, Ryan, as I give you some of my highlights, and you can add to them if you feel so inclined. Are you ready? Ready. January 2023, we went out to the Bob Hope Desert Classic in La Quinta, our second year in a row going Such a good time, and this was back when we were sponsoring PGA Tour Caddy, our friend Joe Etter, affectionately known as Jetter. So we followed him and Patton Kazire at La Quinta Country Club on Thursday with your wife and daughter, and then again on Friday at PGA West, where Patton shot a 63, and we were front row for all 63 strokes. That was unreal. Mm. And of course, that whole weekend was highlighted by the dinner at LG Steakhouse with Mr. Joe Etter. Oscar style. And what is Oscar style? Ooh, it's a beer nace mixed with some crab meat, just glopped on top of a prime, dry-aged, rare steak. You love to hear it. <laughs> February 2023, we had a garage sale here at Nation and a movie premiere, just an awesome, awesome party and a great day. A very, very long day, but a great day. And I think we learned a valuable lesson in garage sales. There are some weird, weird people who schedule their entire lives around. Showing up early to a garage sale. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So we had a garage sale scheduled for nine in the morning 
we showed up at eight to set up and there was a line of 50 people waiting us out who got there before us. And we were both hung over as hell. Absolutely. Garage sale weirdos are some of the weirdest people in the world, but that was a very fun day and a lesson learned. Next time we'll schedule it for noon and we'll show up at 7 a.m. to set up. Yeah. And we probably still won't beat those guys. No. Speaking of February, we went to the Genesis Invitational at Riviera to watch Patton and Joe play the opening round. Joe had us up to the putting green after the round, which was some nice access that we got. Nobody else was allowed on the putting green, but here we were. Adam, can you take it down seven notches, please? That's exactly what I was getting to. As I was talking to Joe after the round, I was a little excited. I tend to get excited in these kinds of situations. I was speaking very, very loudly as professional golfers were getting ready to play their round and hitting practice putts. And Joe Etter, who is nothing but a extremely kind man to me and has been very gracious, leaned in and said to me, I'm going to need you to take it down about seven notches right now. Yeah. Now, I've been told in my life to take it down a notch or two. Yeah, seven. Seven. That's a lot of notches to take it down. Yep. But I deserved it. Also in February, we went to the US Open Peter Millar party at G4 headquarters in West Los Angeles. If there were any two people more out of place at a G4 party celebrating a Peter Millar USGA collaboration, I don't think that they exist. Are we going to talk about the foot joy thing? Well, yes, we are, because that- That was before that. Well, I'm getting to that, because turns out a lot of people at G4 and Peter Millar got a huge kick out of our back and forth with FootJoy after you caught FootJoy stealing designs, CAD for CAD, name for name, called them out and wrote them a very eloquent open letter that was shared thousands of times amongst people in the golf Well, industry. I didn't write it. Jim Rome wrote it. Oh, he did? Yeah. Did I he? Called, I called Romy and I said, unbelievable. <laughs> Could you write this for me? That cracked myself up. <laughs> All right. No, you wrote a great letter and it went around. And what we came to find out about that letter is this is your open letter to FootJoy. You can find it on our Instagram where you called them out for stealing. A lot of boardrooms and conference rooms saw it, but given their position in the golf industry, they couldn't comment on it. Mm -hmm. And so it took us being in person at a place like the G4 headquarters at a Peter Millar party where people were like, oh my gosh. I saw that. That was amazing. Next month in March 2023, we took Bennett Brown and his buddy Chase out to Indian Wells because they won the raffle prize to join us at your country club. That was a really fun time entertaining a couple of guests who had flown in from Texas. And I think the night was highlighted by a couple of gin martinis at Vicky's Santa Fe. Ooh, Shooter Gun McGee. I am known for taking out the shooter guns after having a few drinks. And that happened. And I believe you have the video, which you posted on July 7th later that year. Didn't know you had that video. I look like a drunken moron. Also on our Instagram feed, if you care to go through the back catalog and get some entertainment. Well, if you want to see any of our posts on Instagram, that's the only way to find them is you search our profile and go back. Because Lord knows the algorithm isn't showing it to you. In April, we had our master's party at HQ, always a good time. And then later that month, we went out to Indian Wells for the powwow. Mm. My second year playing in the illustrious- Second and final year. My second year playing in the illustrious, longest running member guest in the Coachella Valley. And guess what, folks? We won our flight. Won our flight. 
and had a little choke job in the playoff. Well, I I think we played our balls off. And, you know, for a guy that hit every shot fat the year before to come out and win our flight, pocket $600 for the good guys, win a bunch of pigeon sheet bets, win a raffle for Vicky Santa Fe, I'd say we had a pretty, pretty darn good week. And we I, won a raffle for Vicky Santa Fe? Yep. Did we use it? We gave it to our gracious host, Tom Evans. That's right. Who put us up for the week in his beautiful estate in Palm Desert. Mm. And yes, we had a little extra season salt on our T-bone. Didn't we, though? (laughs) In May, we went back out to Indian Wells Country Club. Notice how so many of our highlights take place at Indian Wells Country Club. We were there for the Nation Desert Classic. It is always the first Saturday in May. And this was my first time staying behind the gates with a golf cart as my main mode of transportation. Just an unreal time, the Nation Desert Classic. You love to see it. You love to feel it. You love to be there. You love to enjoy the fellowship. Yeah, you really do. (laughs) June, we went to the US Open. I was there all week. You joined me on Friday with Katie Kai. Great time. I think we saw the entire golf course. It took us 60,000 steps to see it all, but we did it. And my highlight from that day being there with you was meeting the actor that plays Greg in succession. Good thing I pointed him out to you. Yeah. Hard to miss, but I was missing him somehow, and I went up and met Greg from Succession. That was a really good time, capped off by some Japanese barbecue at Girukaku in West Los Angeles. Mm, You love that. Yeah, you absolutely love to taste it. Yeah. In June, we launched our audio-only podcast, which you are listening to right now. It was a U.S. Open recap, and we've been doing it every week ever since. And you love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) You love to subscribe to it. And you love to comment. We went our separate ways in July. I went to Seattle. You went to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. We didn't see each other for a month. Really? Yep. Maybe that was my most fun time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) August was a pretty remarkable month in the sense that... Our entire business focused on the Maui wildfire relief. That was an incredible thing to be a part of. Very sad, but very hopeful at the same time. And we were honored to help out your wife's charity, Community Relief Maui. The efforts are still ongoing, but that was definitely the highlight of August. Yep. September, we launched the commencement collection and met the Landers, went to their house for a photo shoot. Shout out to Michael and Sally Sue. Yep. Michael and Sally Sue, you love the Launders. Best in the business. October, I had a hole in one. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. It was off a mat and it was 90 something yards. At a par three course. Yeah. Heavily debated, folks. You can go back and listen to the episode entitled Does Adam's Ace Count? To me, it's not the, It's not so much the distance or the fact that it's an unsanctioned golf course or that it's a pitch and putt. It's the mat. Hmm. I don't think it counts off a mat because you can hit a mat shot fat and it goes the same distance. So it doesn't count. Okay. As we get into the month of November, as we are flying through these highlights, I do want to point out to the listener right now that I am feeling really nauseous. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I don't know that this stomach virus has gone away. And this is the most- God, dude. This is the most I have talked and the most energy I have exerted in 72 hours. 
And I'm really hoping we can make it to the end of this without me just yakking. You know what helps me when I when I feel nauseous like that and I've had issues with the tummy? I close my eyes and I visualize canned raviolis. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Just bloop, 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 just pouring them out into a bucket, dude. That's what I visualize. And that's what I do. It helps me a lot. All right. Let's <laughs> let's wrap it up. In November, we went down to Dog Lake Brewing. Thank you for having us, Christina. That was so much fun. We set up for the Golf Collectors Market. Not going to lie, as fun as that event was, the entire evening was highlighted by... Texas Roadhouse. The Texas Roadhouse. What a great establishment. What a great establishment. As much as Jordan Dixon completely bastardized the experience by waving a $1 bill in front of a host and demanding to have him a break cut. (laughs) What a legend. (laughs) Jordan Dixon, I think he became one of my favorite people after that interaction. And it's not because he deserves any sort of praise for it. Quite the opposite. He deserves condemnation. But that was pretty epic. You have to be so sure of yourself to walk into an establishment 20 minutes before closing, not have your entire large party group there, look at your watch with the most sense of entitlement you've ever seen on someone's face, then look at the host and say, can you cut us a break? And when the break was not cut, to pull a dollar bill out of his wallet, wave it in front of this person's face and say, are you going to seat us now? Are you? You going to seat me? (laughs) Unreal. Unbelievable. And then he proceeded to try to feed you candied marshmallows from his fork. Yeah, I don't eat out of his hands anymore. No, you do not. But I will accept his uh, kind gesture of bringing in and out to the shop when he comes visit. Yep, we love the guy. Yep. And now here we are, folks, in December 2023. The podcast has grown. We have a vintage segment in our store. New drops are coming. The business is undergoing some exciting behind-the-scenes changes. The Christmas, what a year. The Christmas show is coming up. And I really do believe that our best days are ahead of us. And if they're not, we're going to fold it up and quit. (laughs) With the rest of them. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Maybe that's what golf needs, Adam. A great reckoning. Yeah, or a can of raviolis. Oh, gosh. All right, well. On that note, I think I'm going to go throw up, (laughs) but I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. We are live on Friday, if I make it, 6 p.m., youtube.com slash at Nation Golf. We have raffle prizes that you can enter to win on the website right now, nationgolf.com. Let's talk about those real quick. Okay, do it. We're giving away a round of golf, a day of drinking, two meals with me and the kid, Mr. Hawk, Indian Wells, and the Cushman. And then we've curated a vintage bag. It's an Arnold Palmer-inspired bag. It's got a Palmer vintage carry bag, set of Palmer blades, Tommy Armour driver, ping three wood, an Arnold Palmer putter, and a ping beryllium copper lob wedge. Wow. You'll love to hear it. So go to nationgolf.com and get your opportunity drawing tickets. They're $10 a piece. Buy one, buy two. Share it. 
because you love to see it. <laughs> and see if you win on Friday night when we pull the winners live on YouTube. You must enter the opportunity drawings to win one of those two prizes. You do not have to buy anything to win one of the six giveaways we will have on the show. The giveaways are part of the live chat trivia. The opportunity drawings are available on nationgolf.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been such a good fun year we are limping to the finish line as you can tell in my voice all right folks we will catch you on the other side of the calendar have a great rest of your year god bless